0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 5 of Mendoza Line. My name is Cam, and I am joined across this huge country of ours by my best friend in the whole wide world, Mr. Nicholas Coates. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great today. How are you, Cam? Man, I'm tired. I'll tell you what. It's been a long week. (laughs) (laughs) I can empathize with you there.
0: Yeah, but... I'm I'm happy to be here to be talking baseball with the guru himself. Uh, I realize not true. As, well, relatively speaking, Nicholas, between the two of us, you are the baseball guy. Are we in
1: everything is relative podcast now?
0: Um, I, I don't want to answer that question because that that theological question could be it can be you know solved on the masterclass. This is baseball.
1: See, yeah, I wanted to make sure that we got some selfless promotions yeah. for you there.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, see, see the masterclass for all of your deep theological, you know, philosophical questions about Jesus and life. But on this episode of Mendoza Line, we are going to, well, we're going to recap the first week of the Major League season, Nick, because it's here and it's happening and it's upon us. So we need to figure out what the heck is going on. So tell me about the standings because there are some there's some peculiarities there I think.
1: Yeah, we actually have some real baseball to talk about today, very exciting. So it's always it's always good to remember that it is a long season. So <laughs> and looking at the first week, there are some things that we will find that will not be the case in 6 months, but you know, this is our this is our chance to to get into some real deep analysis here. So we're going to take that opportunity. So looking at the the thing so far after the first week uh, in the American League, the Orioles, the only undefeated team left in the league, surprisingly, are in first place in the East. And then the Royals are in first place in the Central. Only the,
0: by half a game. A half game only by the half Tigers. a game. They're, they both have one <laughs> loss.
1: The uh, Tigers game was unfortunately uh postponed tonight because of weather. Pretty pretty nasty weather weekend, I think across the country. I don't know about you. Out it there in the It was 70 Midwest, degrees.
0: 70 degrees and sunny here today.
1: Wow. It we recall, we were supposed to get 1 to 3 inches of snow yesterday, which didn't really materialize, but it was really very wintry yesterday, unfortunately. So, a lot of games yeah. were canceled, postponed
0: this week. I still don't understand why they schedule home games for the teams in the northern part of the country the first two weeks of the year, because this always happens
1: yeah, I, I don't get it I actually someone tweeted out an article about that, and basically yeah because the schedule is so complex, and the teams don't really want it either because you know the the teams in the north don't want a bunch well, the teams in the south don't want don't want a bunch of home games up at the beginning of the year to where they wouldn't have home games at the end of the year or something like that. So, well, they're, then move to the north. It's better up there. I know people have definitely tried, but, yeah, I mean, it, when you're scheduling opening day in Cleveland, which I think two, two of their games got postponed, or at least yeah, one did.
0: They got hit with what Detroit was supposed to get hit with. I was talking to my dad the other day, and he said that, what was supposed to hit them missed and just Cleveland got all of it.
1: Well, the dumb thing was that which is they, fitting, they but... scheduled the Tigers Yankees game for Sunday night. You know, we, that game should be played at one and play a a more warm weather game at night cuz I mean you're going to have some drastic temperature differences depending on if it's during the day or not. So I can I can see where that would be a little frustrating. So I mean, but that's ESPN like they want they want the Yankees on Sunday Night Baseball. Yankees are Red Sox pretty much all the time. So it's a little, a little so frustrating. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> t- Tigers and Royals tied with one loss apiece in the Central.
0: Oh, and the awful, terrible AL West.
1: Yeah, the AL West is off to a rough start, but...
0: It's see. what the AL Central used to look like.
1: <laughs> yeah, the A's are... In first place, the only team with the winning record, but I think that'll change shortly. So, out of that, I mean, the biggest surprises I think the Orioles being undefeated. They played the uh, Rays and Orioles, I believe. And
0: they can't play themselves. That doesn't happen.
1: So, yeah, they haven't played anyone super good yet, but I I think it's nonetheless impressive. Um, Off to a good start there. Uh, I mean, the Royals are continuing on. Tough to beat. Uh, They had that weird two-game series with the Mets where they played two games in like five days. (laughs) But two pretty good games. I watched both of them. Tigers are off to a good start. Took care of the Marlins. And then I think they split with the Yankees. Uh, The Twins are 0-6. I think that's... Which is beautiful. That's not... They were... You know they were right on the fringe of making the playoffs last year, so I know they they're going full bore here. They've they've got Buxton and Sunna, They're two young studs, up at the beginning of the year, so they're they're definitely going for it. So I don't I don't think starting off over for six was in their plans. But and then the well, West. You know,
0: go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, there's you know they've only got what a hundred and. Fifty six games left, so they can they've got time to figure it out. But before we continue, I do want to uh, give a shout out to Dave, um, our fellow Super Mega Court podcast host for the Master Class, and it's a trap. Uh, he's a, he's a diehard so- White Sox fan, and you don't meet be... too many of those. No, you don't, because you know most people have sense and and root for other teams. But uh, I would be remiss if I did not point out that his Chicago White Sox are tied with the Tigers for second half a game behind the Royals. So I think that's going to be a fun uh, thing for us to keep an eye on. And, and perhaps we'll have Dave on for a few episodes here over the season. Um, but
1: you'll have to ask him. I don't. Um, I saw this thing the other day about Hawk Harrelson.
0: I, oh, he's the worst uh, he's ever. He's but terrible.
1: There was it was like the second game of the year. They're playing the A's. And I think one of the A's players hit a home run and either he didn't see it or something, but he thought it was like a fly out. And you should, <laughs> you should Google the video, but it is hilariously awkward. That's going to go in the show it's notes for sure. just completely, he has no idea what's going on. But yeah, he is uh, excruciatingly biased whenever you listen to him. I mean, those those team announcers are, but he's just like to another level. And yeah, he's just not very not very good.
0: No, in his stupid catchphrases, he gone. Like, oh, use English. That's not. That's not a sentence. Every everything about the way that he calls baseball makes me want to punch a child. That's all I'm saying. I never have, <laughs> and, it's and I never the, will.
1: But and it's the dirty yeah. white socks too. Right?
0: Yeah. It's a good thing we have opinions about this stuff, huh?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I went living in Detroit those two summers. I, I feel like that's when I came to. To hate the White Sox with you when Carlos Quentin was there.
0: Oh, Carlos Quentin!
1: <laughs> but,
0: and, oh, oh, gosh, what was their manager? Um,
1: Ozzie Gian.
0: Yes, and A.J. Pierzynski. Ugh.
1: Yeah, they didn't have a whole lot of likable no. guys on that team.
0: Yeah, outside of Paul Canerco, he's the only one that seemed like a nice guy.
1: So, yeah, in the West, I mean, I, the, the A's off to a good start, um, which... Yeah, a little surprising for them. Yeah, and my my World Series pick, the Astros are two and four, and they they dropped two out of three to the Brewers this past weekend. So that <laughs> was, that was a little out of the blue. But again, it's only one week. There's a long way to go. You can't really take too much stock in this, as you can see by the National League and some of the things we'll talk about there. But exciting to talk about nonetheless.
0: Yeah, so if we jump over to the National League, the fact that you didn't start here Nick is um I'm impressed because you have reason to be very happy right now. Why? Well, I did, of course. Well, we're going to wait till the end because that's going to be the big big fun discussion. Yeah, I wanted to uh, save the good news for <laughs> <laughs> So, the uh the NL East, the Nationals are uh in the first place at 3 and 1, in fact, they're the only team with a winning record thus far in that division. Uh so you know, not surprising. What is surprising? I mean, I I realize that the Braves are kind of in a long term rebuilding phase, but zero and five is, well, it's not very good. Yeah,
1: they're going to be bad this year.
0: Yeah, poor, poor Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I need him to be good in my fantasy team this year. Um, then out in the West, I guess no real shock here. The Giants are up in that division. They're five and two right now. Um, Dodgers are in second. And then we come to the NL Central where Nick's Cincinnati Reds are five and one. Five and along, one along with my World Series prediction or winning team, the Chicago Cubs. So uh Nick, walk us through how the Reds are this good.
1: Yeah, we we started off the year with the Pennsylvania teams, which is ironic because I live in Pennsylvania. But they, the first three that they they put the Phillies at home, which not not surprising. They they swept them pretty easily. The, the Phillies are just awful. They've, their bullpen just terrible. Because the Red, I mean, they were fairly close games until middle end of the game, and the the bullpen just blew it open. So yeah, they really took care of business there. And then the the rest of their April schedule is definitely tougher. Right? They play. A lot of intra-divisional games yeah they play the cubs pirates and cardinals several times in some other division so the they played the pirates over the weekend and with without a, a aj or a, a hoover grand slam on friday night they would have swept them and been six and oh so i mean the pirates came into that series undefeated we took two out of three with not i mean we had A guy named Melville pitched for us today, which (laughs) I feel like I'm a pretty avid Reds fan, and I I don't know him very much. He was a minor league free agent that we signed last year, so being able to beat them, you know, we had a Glacius go yesterday, which was nice, but yeah, that was was really nice to be able to take two out of three from them and be tied for first going into a big series in Chicago this weekend against the Cubs, or this this week.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh that'll be a good series to keep an eye on. Do you know uh who has the advantage in the uh, starting pitching?
1: Well, like I mean yeah. we do we we faced the Red, or the Cubs top three, I'm pretty sure, of Lester. Uh well actually we missed Arietta, he pitched today, but uh Lester, Lackey, and it might be Jason Hamill. So got, yeah, because,
0: well, you guys have both played six, so it should be your two, three, and four guys, right, for both teams?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, Hamill goes Say Galatius versus Hamill on Thursday. So Finnegan and Lester tomorrow, and then Simon and Lackey on Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, Lester and Lackey, I'm sure they'll give us some problems, but we shall see. Uh,
0: but that'll, it'll be a good early season series to kind of see how each team stacks up. You know, and what needs to improve and, and that sort of stuff. And it's it's Cubs. You, the games are in Chicago, right? Yeah. It'll be their first home series. Yeah. So,
1: so we yeah, we have a six game road trip at Chicago and in St. Louis. Which those St. Louis series have always been unkind to us. So we we may come crashing down to earth here, but that first week I will will greatly enjoy. I'll choose to look at the positive. And then it's probably still going to be a pretty long season. But, yeah, we're in first place after the first week. I'll take it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's uh, a brief update on standings and team performances. But you wrote down a few surprises about specific players that I think um, are definitely worth uh, mentioning. So why don't you uh, tell our our dear listeners what players have surprised you thus far, either for good reasons or, or bad or sad reasons?
1: Yeah, just a few. I mean, a few of these guys we had talked about before, so I thought it would be interested to bring up again. But last episode, we had talked about our, um, you know, individual picks for the the rest of the year. And if you'll remember, I, I chose Chris Archer to be my AL Cy Young. So he, you know, he had a, a decent first start, struck out a lot of guys, but then he got he got roughed up a little bit against the Orioles this past week. So my AL song Cy Young pick is not off to the best starts. I was I was a little surprised by that. Um, the Orioles got to him, and then with Zach Greinke, he was one of the big additions for the the Diamondbacks this past year. Signed a big contract, he has gotten lit up both of his first two starts, uh, including this last one against the Cubs. And after you know his, I think he only lost four games last year. You know, right at the top of the. Uh, NL Cy Young race, and he's um, through his first two starts with over a nine ERA, so that's that's pretty surprising. I think you know a lot of times there's there's theory about when guys make that amount of money, there's that temptation to lose a little bit of the motivation or the edge that you need to put on top. So we'll see if he rebounds, which I'm sure he will. Both those guys, but I mean those are two pretty good pitchers that are off to off to slower starts. I think one of the, you know, the unfortunate things, you know, with any sort of athletic event, there are injuries involved, so losing Kyle Schwarber, he's one of the exciting young players for the Cubs, you know, just got drafted a few years ago, already in the majors, playoff cult hero already last year, tore ligaments in his, both two ligaments in his knee, he's going to be out for the year, so season just started, and one of baseball's most exciting young players is already going to be out for the whole year. So, you know, as a as a baseball fan, that's really disappointing because you want to see guys like that play. And, you know, you feel bad for him too. He's just starting out and I'm sure had high hopes for the year. So definitely stinks for him and for the Cubs. It's, that's a big bat that they're going to be missing. They still have plenty left, but definitely a tough start to the year for them.
0: Yeah, it's never uh it's never fun to watch somebody get hurt. Um especially like that with a collision with a teammate. Um cuz you just, I mean, you you know it's avoidable. One, but then you also worry about the other player in this case, Dexter Fowler, how's his head after the collision, you know, how does it affect the locker room, how does it affect team morale? Like this this sort of stuff trickles down a lot further than just like, oh, we lost a really exciting young guy. It's It has the potential to um, maybe throw the team off mentally for a while because of how it happened and all that sort of stuff. Um, but Joe Madden is one of those managers that you've seen over the course of his career with the Rays that he knows how to work the locker room. Like he knows how to motivate his guys and encourage them and foster a strong culture. So I'm I'm really interested to see how the Cubs, like over the next two or three weeks, handle. You know, the loss of Schwarber, uh, how the guys step up and 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 just kind of how their attitude is and everything. Because I I I think they're gonna be fine. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the whole team handles, you know, the next couple
1: of weeks. There's all that talk when they signed Fowler back. Uh, you know, they had all these players. You got, you know, Fowler and Schwarber and Zobrist and Jorge Soler, uh, all these guys that can play outfield. And they're like, you know, where where are they all going to play? And you know, losing Schwarber, yeah, obviously that's a huge loss, but. You're able to put in a guy, Jorge Soler, who's 24 years old, once regarded pretty highly, a you know, Cuban defector, has a lot of talent, and you know he's going to be a major league everyday regular for every other team. And you now with the Cubs and their set or the way they were set up coming out of spring training, you know he's probably going to only going to play four four or five times a week, depending on the rotation. And the Cubs were built to have a lot of versatile guys, so. So now, you know, losing Schwarber, you're able to, to play him a lot more regularly. And I know he hit a, a two run home run today. So, you know, at the end of the day, you might not lose too much because going to be more valuable defensively. He's, you know, a more natural outfielder, has some good range, athletic ability, has a really good arm. You know, might lose a bit, a little bit in the bat, but I don't think the Cubs are going to be hurting too much for offense this year. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, in, into the, uh, The point I made last week about the Tigers is that if they stay healthy, they have a very good chance of making the playoffs, but they are not deep, at least with proven guys, right? Uh, if, If Cabrera or J.D. Martinez or Justin Upton go down, their replacements are not nearly good enough. However, the Cubs situation is much different, to your point. Okay, so Schorber's out. That sucks, but we've got this guy in Solaire who's—he's actually pretty good himself. And and there was all of that, you know, discussion about oh, where are all these guys going to play? But if you look at, you know, great championship teams in other sports, there's always two or three guys deep. You know, mm-hmm. and and I realize in baseball that's kind of a, a different thing because you want guys playing every day so that they stay in rhythm and they stay, you know, that sort of stuff, but the Cubs approach of being deep can do nothing but pay off in my estimation. So,
1: yeah, I mean, injuries happen. So, I mean, I even forgot to mention Hayward. I mean, he's the, so he got, you know, he, he was the everyday right fielder. So, I mean, that's the only way Solaire was going to play was rotating in Schwarber. So, yeah, injuries happen. It's unfortunate. But, yeah, I think the Cubs were, probably the best team to be equipped to handle that. So I'm sure they'll be just fine.
0: For sure. All right. We've put it off long enough, Nick. It's time that we do our, our, uh, token media duty and talk about the biggest story pun totally intended in baseball this season. So do, do your, your best punditry here and tell me all about, uh, this guy trevor story yeah what a name huh i know right as soon as i saw that i was like i i misread the um the headline and i was like they forgot his last name like i get that it's a story i'm is his last name trevor like cuz i'd never heard of this kid before mm-hmm. um because again i i'm i'm not the baseball brain here i'm just the talking head but uh and then i realized oh his name is trevor story and then i thought oh jeez how many bad puns are the ESPN Sports Center hosts going to make about this?
1: Yeah. So. some. I mean, it's funny the first time, but I've heard it too many times over this past week. But yeah, he actually broke a record today. He's hit seven home runs in his first six games, which is a, a major league record. So, you know, you think about in the first week, he's got seven home runs, which is, yeah, that's a good start to. Good start to the season. Um, and it's interesting. Yeah, because... so, so
0: that that puts him on pace for like 200 home runs or something, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: I mean, a little over one a game. So
0: it's kind of like our stats from when we played MLB 05 back in college <laughs> on the Xbox.
1: <laughs> right. Which, I mean, that gives you, when you think, Barry Bonds hit, what, 73 that one year? So that's, that's still ridiculous when you think about it. But I don't think Trevor's story is all roided up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is he took over for Tulowitzki. You know, they traded him at the deadline last year. Wait, wait, is, wait, wait, wait!
0: Timeout. This guy's a shortstop. This guy's a shortstop. Okay, I've purposefully done zero research on him because I wanted I wanted all of this to be fresh to me on the show so that I would react naturally. I had no idea he was a shortstop. Based on the numbers, I would have I would have assumed first base, right field. You know, typical power spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but shortstop, dang, see, so, yeah, that's imp- that's impressive. The Rockies,
1: the Rockies have a good farm system, very deep. They don't have, uh, the marquee names per se. So, you know, on the MLB Pipelines list, he was the number eleven prospect coming into this year. So he's not a guy that, you know, anyone was really expecting this at all. He had had some success in the minors, um, and just following him a little bit. And hearing just because you know you know and when you're doing fantasy too you're always interested in the Colorado guys because of that that home park they always they're offensively gifted to be able to hit with that thin air so so yeah he's I mean not super well regarded a guy with you know solid solid tools hit power speed but nothing jumping off the charge so there's just one of those anomalies where you know he's He's on this power bench just right at the beginning of the year, which, it, I mean, it would be a big deal in the bit, in the middle of the year, too, but the fact that it's the first six games, you know, hitting over a home run a game, it's it makes for quite the, the story.
0: I hate myself for doing that.
1: Well, I kind of walked right into that one. I was going to yeah. try to avoid puns, but.
0: Oh, uh, well, you know my theory on puns. There's no such thing as a bad one. Just just people who don't appreciate them.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, other, some other guys that are off to good starts. Uh, one of my becoming favorite players, which, again, thank you, Cam, for letting us have him for free, Eugenio Suarez.
0: Which is an amazing name.
1: Yeah, he hit another home run today, so he has, he has four home runs in uh, our first six games, so... Pretty good pace himself. So four home runs, nine RBIs, and a stolen base. You know, hitting close to 400 as our everyday third baseman. So we're not we're not even missing Todd Frazier. You know Todd who. <laughs>
0: well, you know you can you can brag about your third baseman, but I'm going to brag about the Tigers' third baseman, who also happens to be on my fantasy team. First couple games not so great. Last game four for four. So you know there you go yeah I'm happy for you yeah i just I just wanted that not to hurt as much as you just telling me that we gave you somebody for free
1: <laughs> no he's he's looked really good every every single ball he's hit is just there's no cheapies there, even his base hits, you know he's scoring the ball really good, so definitely encouraged. I know he's not going to keep up his pace and defensively he can struggle a little bit, but it's just been so encouraging to be able to follow some young guys as a Reds fan and just really be able to get excited about our future as opposed to the past couple of years when you kinda knew they're just hanging on to you know, guys like Cueto and Latos and uh some others uh sign a Marlon Bird to one year contract. Guys that just you know <laughs> they're not gonna be in the team in one or two years. And yeah. you know that they're they're not good enough to do anything. So it's just like let's just move on and get some guys that we can actually you know, begin to follow and and cheer for and feel good about the future. So definitely, I think I've had more fun this year as a Reds fan than I had all of last year. Last year was just awful. It was a terrible year.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, all things must come to an end, Nick.
1: It's all, you know, life can be very cyclical sometimes. And when you you don't realize that and you get stuck in denial of being something you're not, that can be a real hopeless feeling so i'm glad that the reds decision makers finally turned that corner gets me excited again
0: well good i like it when you're excited it makes life a little more exciting i must say
1: so and, and all right one other guy i did want to point out um his name is tyler white he kind of came out of nowhere to make the astros out of spring training he's in his mid-20s uh just one of those guys that wasn't super well regarded out of college, but he just hit his way through the the minors and made the team. And through his first six games, he had ten hits and fifteen at bats, which for you math majors over there is two two out of every three, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. So, three home runs, nine RBI, So, pretty cool story for a guy that wasn't even expected to make the team, and he's you know out of the gate. Hitting, hitting home runs at that pace. Pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah, okay, so I, I have one player that I want to talk about before we uh, bring this ship to port. Uh, That would be one Mr. Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins. Mm. Who had one of the more peculiar starts in, in memory for me, anyhow. He struck out 13 batters in one game, Mm -hmm. which is when you consider that there's only 27 outs in a game of baseball, Mm -hmm. pretty ridiculously good. And he walked one guy. So his his strikeout-to-walk ratio is 13, which is just obscene. His whip, 1.06. ERA. So far, so good, right? ERA, 7.94. 7.94. So it was it's it's almost as if he's either unhittable or he's batting cage pitching. Yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing because as he's on my fantasy team and I've had him for a while and I, I have him at a great value in my keeper league and I'm like, "Oh, 13 strikeouts, 13 K to walk ratio, 1. Point, oh my god, that ERA is terrible. <laughs> How can you strike 13 guys out in a game and then give up Well, I don't know if it was like he pitched, what, five and two thirds of an inning? So he gave up for five. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How does that happen? Eh, It's just bad luck. He's going to be a guy that has an amazing ERA at the end of the year. He's, I mean, you got to remember he's coming off pretty major surgeries. His first start of the year, I'm sure he was amped up.
0: Well, yeah, no, I I get all that. I just think this is one of those times where the numbers in baseball don't make sense Mm -hmm. because baseball is a numbers game you're you're, to your point of the math majors out there like baseball is a nerd sport if you want it to be right the numbers the data is there to just be analyzed and graphed and and all that stuff and you get into the whole sabermetrics discussion which maybe we'll talk about at some point down the road um but to see that many strikeouts and that low of a whip and to see that high of an era you just have to shake your head and wonder oh my gosh how does this happen
1: yep well, that's it's a good valuable lesson in small sample sizes, and yeah, <laughs> there you go. That if if you're striking out people at that rate, you're not gonna. That just shows really bad luck in the the earn run department. So, yeah, I guarantee you, as we follow him that ERA will drop pretty quickly and probably end up under under three at the end of the year.
0: I sure hope so because I need him to. I,
1: um, I do. I want to talk about a couple guys. uh, on my fantasy team that I was really impressed by this week. Uh, Noah Syndergaard pitched against the Royals uh, the second game of the year. So, you know, last week t- we talked about how the Royals are a pretty good lineup. They don't strike out much. I think they're my, my number three lineup. So so he went out and threw six innings, struck out nine. Nine guys, walked one, didn't give up a run. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's throwing the ball. 100 miles an hour got a I think it's like a low 90 slider which is ridiculous <laughs> I don't know how his elbow can hold up to that but and another guy that I um kind of just picked up but I was really I knew he had a lot of talent but Vince Velasquez the Phillies got him in a trade from the Astros uh similar he pitched um last week six six innings nine strikeouts no runs um I think he gave up three hits and three walks, so three hits and six innings. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. But yeah, a couple of good starts from, from some young guys that I think have some pretty good talent there.
0: Well, you know who I'm not impressed by? My entire offense on my fantasy team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you uh, You still did well. I think you lost... Uh, six to,
0: eight. Six to eight. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really annoying is that I want every single pitching category except for strikeouts. And he had two more strikeouts than I did. Mm. That's, That's why you got to start more starters. Yeah. Well, I dropped Drew Storan because he's not going to be the closer. And I picked up a starter in replacement of him. So we should be all right there. Yeah. Because, I mean, my closers, I've got Melanxon, Robertson, and Osuna. So I'm yeah. good on saves. You like good. I had. I had seven saves the first week.
1: So. so I uh I beat I think one of the better teams in the league this year. He's got Buster Posey, D. Gordon, Franco, Machado, Bryce Harper, and Mike Trout uh on his offense. Um pretty good pitching staff too. It's kinda of funny. I I did end up starting a shortstop this week because of deadlines, I missed the deadline. And Schwarber got hurt, so he he gave me all zeros. And I still beat him 8-6. to six. <laughs> So, got pretty lucky there.
0: Yep, to the winner goes the spoils, you jerk.
1: Basically because Anthony Rizzo had 10 RBIs in a week. <laughs> and Paul Goldschmidt had 7. So, the only... I beat him in runs in RBI. That was it. And then all the pitching categories. So I'll make sure to fill it a, a full team
0: next week. <laughs> yeah, you might want to do that. All right. Well, unless you have any closing thoughts, I think uh, I think we're we've come to the end of yet another adventure in baseball.
1: Yeah, it's been fun to actually be able to talk about what's going on currently. So it's uh, gonna be a fun year. Looking forward to keeping it up with you. I can already tell that you're you're keeping up with it pretty good. So I'm impressed.
0: Well, it's the first week, you know, I got to come out strong. Talk to me in two months <laughs> when my team is, is, you know, well, I, I, I'm trying to keep in mind with my fantasy team, especially that I'm aiming for just above the middle of the table. As far as the finish is concerned, I think that's a reasonable goal for my team. Um, and to build on that now, my interest in in actual baseball, will be dictated completely upon the Tigers. So we'll see, you know? But I will continue to do research for the show, or in lieu of stories like Trevor's story, completely ignore them for the whole week so that I can hear you describe them, because that's much more entertaining.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see at the end of the year how many he ends up with home runs. I
0: mean... How funny would it be if he finished the year with seven home runs? Like, he just doesn't hit a single one the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) He breaks the major league record and then gets the yips so bad that he can't even hit another one. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, stranger things have happened, but the odds of that are pretty low, I would imagine. Yeah. But we'll see. We need to keep track of some of this stuff that we talk
0: about. Well, we have the show notes from episodes past, so we can always reference those. That's That's why you're the man in charge. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I like that. Uh, That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to see the show notes, you can go to supermegacorpnet slash mendoza slash 5 to get those, or if you're listening on your mobile device, you can probably just scroll up from the artwork in your podcast app, and they'll be all right there for you. If you want to get in touch, Twitter is the way to do it. You can get Coatsy at Coatsy. How many E's is that? Two E's. C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E, coatsy and then I'm at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. That's my name. And I think that's it. Oh, email. If you want to email us because, you know, you don't you do not do Twitter. That's cool. Hello at supermecacorp.net. Put Mendoza line in the subject, and we'll get back with you. And we will be back next week. Sounds good. All right, see ya. Adios.